All right, so this past year, meaning 2017, has been really an extraordinary year from a political point of view, from a political event point of view, from a world event point of view. And it's worth asking ourselves as we approach the year anniversary of Donald Trump's inauguration as to whether it was a good year or whether it was a mediocre year, whether it was a bad year, uh, vis-a-vis what he was able to achieve under his watch, as it were, for America vis-a-vis the rest of the world. All right. Here's my conclusion, and then we'll take it from there. I believe it was a fan-freaking-tastic year. Best All right? year ever. It was fantastic. Made, it, made another year great again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because he really is making America great again. Remember how the libs and the left in particular were so offended by the phrase making America great again as if it wasn't great? It somehow lost it great, its greatness? And the answer, yeah, that's right. It did under, under you. Bill Clinton, and are you Obama? Oh no, no, no! You're you're, you're way too complicating this. They they're angry because I, well, we were never great. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, they they they, they didn't America want to be great sucks, in the first place. Always was sex. There will never <clears> be an again. If you want to try making America great for the first time, fine. Right, that's what we do. Right. I, yeah, okay, fine. Transgender so, bathrooms will make America great for the first time was their philosophy. Well, they, they, <laughs> they say what Amer- makes America strong is our diversity and our openness and, you know, our embracing every other culture in the world and, you know, providing welfare to everyone and, and uh, making everyone a citizen, whatever. <clears throat> I mean, this is, this is their approach to what greatness is. <clears throat> but let's get to the point. It is he is working to make America great again. Let's focus first on why that phrase would be true. We would agree, wouldn't, wouldn't we, that if America becomes a, another economic powerhouse as it used to be, that would be in the plus column of the greatness uh, uh, moniker, right? You would say that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I, think, if, I think they'd have to. Right. And if the world were impressed with America vis-a-vis staring down North Korea and staring down Iran and uh, Syria, for that matter, and uh, wiping out ISIS, you would say that would be a plus in the greatness moniker column, right? They have to. All right. Grudgingly, yes. (laughs) If you were to say that... And when you say you, you're talking to Democrats, That's right. me. Yeah, of course. That. Yeah. And uh, if if you were to say that, uh, if you were to say that, or, or show that Trump improve the relationship not only with Israel, but also stared down the Palestinians and told them, I don't care what you think, I'm reducing our financial aid to you, and also I'm, I'm declaring and recognizing that Jerusalem is indeed the capital, and we're moving our embassy there, thank you very much. You'd say that also goes in the greatness column. Greatness, All right. and also uh, getting the Saudis to purge corrupt and extremist elements from their own government. Great! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, you have, you have this world where great things are happening. I mean, it's hard to to say that that America is not getting great again when these things are really happening. We're we're taking responsibility. Uh, we're bringing God back into the equation, which I love. Uh, as you know, I think uh, a country America without God is is meaningless. Uh, you know, the greatness of America means truly nothing. As long, if, if God is not part of that, that, uh, that, that equation, it has to be part of it. And I love that he, he allows prayer before his cabinet meetings. I love that he invokes 
God all the time. What about Merry Christmas? Wasn't and that oh, sweet? that was delicious, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> to, to Jews here saying how how happy we are that he's saying Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yes, exactly right. And uh, you know, it's, it's very cute. Uh, there was a time where I was in a store and and uh, I said Merry Christmas to the um, to the vendor there, whatever. And and he said Merry Christmas right back. And and then I I saw his name tag and something about him made me think that he might be Jewish. So I said, are you Jewish? And then he said, yes. And, and, and let me guess, you're kind of conservative too politically? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm pro-Trump and all that stuff. Isn't it fun? And it's me too. And, and we, we both like that, of course. You know, what's not to like about having something in common like that? And I said, here we are, two Jews saying Merry Christmas to each other, right? <laughs> and we laughed about that. And as I left, I said, Merry Christmas again to him. And he said, Merry Christmas right back, even though this time we both knew that we were both Jewish. It was cute. We like it because this is America. America is indeed a Christian nation. Okay? And I say this is a Jew. I'm happy about it. And Christmas is an American holiday. Yes, that's right. And, and so it should be and hopefully always will be. All right? I'm delighted that we live in a Christian country and, and a really decent Judeo-Christian country. A country that, uh, that embraces Christianity, but also um, and, and a religion itself, which embraces other religions like Judaism and understands its role in the importance of, of civilization, in the, in, the, in the grafting of civilization. Okay, so I think from a making America great again point of view, I, we just went through a, a good list. Let's look at other things, though, in terms of how well things have gone this past year. First... Uh, I'll go through this list, and, and once I go through it, Ari, you tell me if I'm missing some things. But, okay, so the employment rate is wildly up, okay? The unemployment rate is, is also down, which is great, but that's kind of a, a funky number. It's, it's a little odd, so, but a much more reliable figure is the employment participation rate. Labor which is, participation rate. Is which is left. much, much higher, uh, and it's highest. It's, it's, it's very hard to play with that number. So... Anyway, under both scenarios, they're doing very well, and uh, I'm just thrilled with that. So in other words, you could have a very low unemployment rate, but still have a very uh, low employment rate, and that's because of the, the, the funky way that they, they treated the unemployment rate, especially under Obama. But anyway, we're doing really well in the employment world. Then, of course, we have consumer confidence just skyrocketing through the roof, which only means that we'll have more uh, economic growth over time because confidence is a very important factor in the economy. And the stock market also reflects that as well. I think it was 5,000 points since the inauguration, even more now. We're now, we just touched 25,000 in the stock market. Can you imagine, can you imagine saying that? Uh, that, that we'd be saying 25,000 in the stock market when Trump became uh, president. It's, just, it's very hard to imagine that. You would say, no, well, I mean, look, on a really good day, maybe 1,000, maybe 1,500, 5,000? Well, very I, impressive. I can, I can always picture that going up because of the crony capitalism of Democrats in some ways, Oh, right? Uh, yeah, where well, they but, pushed everything but, to but the stock market. In, but what's important is what you said before, the correlative occurrence of the stock market hitting that kind of level with the labor participation <coughs> rate going so high. Right. When both are true... Something's then good you're here. getting a lot of people who have enough money they're earning from their jobs to then invest in their long-term security and have the confidence to do it in the stock market. Right. That's what's so incredible economically about this synergy of events. 
What, another thing that is good and probably a subset of the booming economy and, and probably, probably a major reason for the booming economy is the, the whole environment of deregulation. So Trump promised— Oh, will you say that again? Please. <laughs> All right. Say, come on. Let me, so good. let me get through this. Let me get through this. The, the deregulation um, mantra and the climate. And he came in and he said, for every one regulation, I'm going to get rid of two former regulations. Which is great. I mean, that's a fantastic uh, goal. But instead, he ends up with 22 regulations that he uh, gets rid of for every one regulation. That's a fantastic, a fantastic result. Um, and and this is a very healthy way of of going about things. Now, of course, the liberals will say, "Oh my gosh, regulation is so important." But they, there's regulation and there's regulation, right? I can regulate that every time that you want to start a business, let's say. You know, I want to require you to um, say the alphabet backwards 26 times and uh, do, you know, uh, a thousand jumping jacks. And you would say, that's a silly regulation, right? So getting rid of that regulation would be a good thing. But people think, they hear the word regulation and it, and to their mind it means, you know, there are just people overseeing this and making sure that everything is done right. Thank you very much, you know, with, with uh, clipboards and just making sure it's all good. But that's not the way it is. These regulations are nonsensical. Most of the time, they're truly nonsensical. And they're also very crony, as uh, crony capitalist, as we say. Uh, it should be crony socialist, but that's another story. The other thing is, uh, of course, in the foreign world, we have what we already talked about before. Israel is, is uh, back in the scene now. We're working together with Israel in a way that Obama refused to. Um, Obama really hated Israel. It's hard to, to argue otherwise. Now, our lefty friends will say, what are you talking about? He, uh, he allowed for the giving of funding and such for, uh, for Israel before. What's wrong with that? We, we've, you know, he clearly is okay with Israel. Uh, look, that doesn't mean very much. Let, you would agree with me if he only gave a quarter to Israel, literally 25 cents you'd say, okay, that's, that's not paying lip service to the funding, and you would say that's a disingenuous effort to look like you're giving money. But you could literally say, look, he's giving money to Israel. The question is how much, uh, under what terms, and um, is he making it difficult for Israel to, to even pursue its own existence? And if that's the case, then he's not, not a friend to Israel. All right? That's, that's exactly what was happening. So... The whole relationship with Israel has changed. We're now working with Israel on so many different levels, and that's a healthy thing. So again, good for America, good for Israel, and good for civilization itself. Then we look at ISIS. I said before on my Sunday show, and I believe on, on this podcast, that once Trump becomes president, you will see that within six to seven months, ISIS will be fully routed. It'll be effectively the end of the combat and the conflict with ISIS. And sure enough, within eight months, it turns out, ISIS was done. It was completely routed. And it, it was too easy to predict that one. That's not, that wasn't a hard one, in my opinion, because we've got the greatest uh, um, military in the world, and we could easily surround them. It's not that huge an area. And strangle them. We have an air force. They don't. We have night goggles. They don't, <laughs> right? We, we have the intelligence and logic and strategy sense, and they don't, right? We have that. So it was too easy to predict this one. Obama was clearly just kind of moving pieces on the chessboard and claiming that he was playing a great chess game. He was not. Well, also, without Obama, where is ISIS going to get its weapons? 
since he was giving them his weapons. Well, that's another story. That's, I, I, I agree that we can go down that road, but I'm simply saying ISIS is defeated. Right. Okay. If you chose to fight them, if you chose to defeat them, they're defeated. Right. And they are. Right. Goodbye. Now, now, as to Iran, look at what we're doing with Iran, you know, especially in contrast to Obama. So Obama gave $150 Billion? What was it? Million or billion? Billion. Billion. Oh, I can't believe it. I'm actually saying that. 150 billion dollars uh, in order to effectuate this nuclear deal, which we now know had so many flaws within it. it, was so horrific. And not only that, but he was actually helping to ease the, uh, to to cause the FBI to back off on its investigation against Hezbollah um, on its drug trafficking. Right. In America. In America. Well, it's we, huge. Yeah. It's not like they were selling drugs to some other country. Right. Selling it, it right to your here. kids. Your kids. <laughs> right. Yeah, in order to fund their crazy military operations. Right. Something is very odd about that. And Obama so badly wanted this treaty, to, to, and he so badly wanted to look like a good guy, that he just didn't care how bad it was. And, of course, it was a horrific deal. He only kicked the can down the road at best, at best. But worse, he emboldened Iran to realize how weak we really were. So now we have to kind of play the game and we have to say there's a new sheriff in town and it's working. Okay, so that's, that's another thing. Now there's the uh, unrest and um, protests and such and demonstrations going on in Iran right now. What do you think, Iran, um, uh, Ari? Do you think that it is largely a product of the fact that Trump is president? No, of course not. I think it's entirely the result <laughs> of Trump being president. Yeah. What do you mean largely? Uh, now, look, they'll say, the left will say, well, no, there was, there was some uh, development where it showed that, you know, that the people were upset about some economic reports showing that they were manipulating uh, matters and the people got wind of it and they got very upset about it. And that's why the demonstration started. Um, no, I think that's what you may think, my lefty friends, but it takes a lot for people to demonstrate in the, in the streets of a totalitarian regime. And, and that's what happened here. Uh, you need to have the sense that America, which uh, Iran calls the great Satan, but that America is behind you. And we've got f at least three more years and possibly seven more years with this great president. And uh, wouldn't it be great if he backed us up? And it looks like he's backing us up. He understands that Iran is a horrific and evil country. And uh, we're going out in the streets because we know he's going to back us up. And I like that. Uh, so that's another good area. Then we've got uh, Syria. Then we've got, uh, and, and he's handling that very well as well. Um, he's not taking any guff when it comes to the military. He supports our military in a dramatic way. Look at the way also that he's dealing with North Korea. He's, he refuses to pay uh, the extortion money that North Korea was, had gotten used to over the years. And you can see Kim Jong-un just totally flabbergasted flummoxed even, uh, befuddled, if you will, <laughs> that, um, that he's not getting Damani anymore because he'd, he'd come to really depend on this. And he figured all the presidents would be doing the same thing that had been done since Bill Clinton. And by the way, I, I, can't, I have to fault and find fault in, in George, Bush, George W. Bush uh, because he participated and did the same thing. So it, it uh, cuts both ways, unfortunately, in that one department. But North Korea, things are going really well. Uh, we're, we're fighting, and it may, uh, who, who knows? But great things may happen vis-a-vis -vis North Korea. 
uh, in terms of its collapse in the coming few years. Um, <clears throat> so, and then Russia. We're dealing better with Russia now. Um, I think Russia has a sense that it has to be very careful with what it does because America's watching, and America's not going to take that crap. We just uh, backed up Ukraine with a t tremendous amount of um, anti-tank uh, uh, ballistic missiles, I think. And, uh, not ballistic, anti-tank weapons. Weapons, anti weaponry, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, basically telling them, look, this is, uh, I just want you to know we've got that there. Okay? And Obama would never have done that. So uh, I'm very pleased about that. It's, so we're showing the world, look, we are the policemen of the world. And we, we plan to continue being the policemen of the world. And by the way, we think that America is an exceptional country. What do you think about that, my friends? So, <clears throat> uh, and then, of course, finally, there's the issue of immigration. Uh, illegal immigration has gone down dramatically since Trump's inauguration, even before the building of, of the wall. But the fact that there's going to be a wall and there's, going to, there's an understanding that they're going to be tougher on immigration, I think people have said, look, maybe we shouldn't go cross the border because we might have a very hard time. So let's not even go there. A UC Berkeley student the other day was arrested for crossing the border illegally. Did you hear about this one? Some UC Berkeley student who was a uh, quasi-dreamer, as they said, but was an illegal alien for overstaying a visa and made no attempt any time in his life since the visa expired to um, become legalized, but somehow got into Berkeley, went to visit a girlfriend in a foreign country, and was stopped at the border. And arrested. As Homer would How say. How beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doe. <Dough. laughs> That's very funny. Uh, look, the only thing I want to see, and, and, and I'm sure he's going to go through with this, is the um, uh, somehow being able to defund those cities and states, for that matter, that declare themselves sanctuary cities or sanctuary states. That's going to happen as well. Well, the best thing is now they're talking about arresting the officials of those states and, and prosecuting them. And, and by the way, they should. It's like enforcing Jim Crow or slavery laws well, exactly against right. the Constitution. Well, right. If, if, you, if you refuse to allow the right of people, and I call that, I put that in quotes, the right of women to have an abortion, let's say, which you know, we're not so hot, hot on, and you made that illegal, let's say, in Utah or any other conservative state or, or California for that matter, who, who knows? Uh, but let's say you just said, I hereby declare I'm, I'm refusing to honor uh, Roe v. Wade and all its progeny of cases. You'd say, arrest those guys. You know, they're, they're violating the Constitution. And that's exactly what these cities and states are doing. They are violating it by not allowing and, and refusing to acknowledge the immigration laws. So that's a, that's a big deal. Um, coming to the next issue um, is tax reform, right? I mean, here's this. Fantastic new thing. It was a compromise. It, didn't, it wasn't perfect, but it, it's a hell of a lot, a lot better of what it, what it used to be. Rates will go down, and um, deductions have changed uh, in some important ways. But in the end of the day, uh, people will be saving a lot of money. And this is great. I mean, it, the more money people get to keep in their own pockets, the better for the economy. That's also going to ramp up the economy. P.S., did you happen to notice that there's an effective repeal of Obamacare within the tax bill. That's right. You heard it. Uh, the the uh, complete repeal of the individual mandate within this tax bill, which means the end of Obamacare. Yeah, because remember how Judge uh, <clears throat> or Justice Roberts declared Obamacare a tax? Whoops, me, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> right, exactly right. 
So we, we got what we wanted. We don't we don't have to repeal Obamacare because it will die its own death. It no at longer this point. exists essentially. There's no funding <clears throat> mechanism. There's no exactly all the right. all the crony communism to the those insurance companies to, that were funded by taxes is gone. Right. Nobody nobody's going to want to invest or sorry go through Obamacare because it's going to be too expensive. At the end of the day. So look, I went through a long list right now, and I know from the Democrats' point of view, they would say, well, these are all horrible things. But from an, from an effectiveness point of view of, of actually effectuating something good for the, for the world and for America, you can't deny that these are really great things. Now, you may say, look, I want more government. I want more government. I want Obamacare. But, but put that aside. Put Obamacare aside for, the second, for, ju- for just a second. We have more revenues, tax revenues, than ever now. And that's even with knowledge of the new tax reform bill. Um, <clears throat> so, so clearly, you, I mean, you must be happy <clears throat> if you're a lefty that, that there's more tax revenues than ever. Now, obviously, the argument should then be, what, what, whatever shall we do with this, all this money? That I understand. But, you know, I, I don't think we should be spending it for, uh, you know, studying uh, the, uh, the flight patterns of moths. Right? I think that it, sh- it should be spent for infrastructure and for the military and for the police. And a judiciary system, for for uh, for that matter, those are the basic things that I believe in. But you can't deny that there's a lot of tax revenues, and that that is clearly a good thing. So I don't know why you wouldn't like that. Um, and then likewise, by the way, we pulled out of the, cl- the Paris Climate Accord, right? Which was garbage anyway. It wasn't a real contract, as it were. It was an informal understanding, and nobody's going to be observing it anyway. So it's it's such a farce, the whole thing. And for us to obligate ourselves to this regimen of controls would only end up hurting the third world countries that uh, we were purporting to help and, 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 of course, hurt ourselves, our own economy. But other than that, it was a great idea. Yeah, and I know you want me to wait a little while, but I have to <coughs> jump in and say something very important related to the Paris Climate Accords. Um, as it turns out this week, with the massive storm hitting the East Coast, it appears that Donald Trump has cooled the earth and lowered the seas. Ah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. The earth has cooled. Yeah, yeah. He has stopped global warming with his sheer force of will. And liberals will not be happy about this. I don't understand why they're not ecstatic. He has cooled the earth and lowered the seas, oh. as Obama promised Obama would do. And Obama didn't cool the earth or lower the oh, seas. Oh, Ari, you, you, you just don't remember. It's the Eight e- years of drought and hot weather. You, you know, the, the fallacy of your argument is that you forget that it's year 2018 when we're talking about climate change, where any kind of weather is acceptable to talk about as global warming. <laughs> and, so the uh, global cooling is global warming, right? Even it, though there's an ice storm right. in Florida. And your your fallacy is that you forget that it's not the year 2003, 2004 when global warming was all the rage. I mean, get what the times, man. That's that's your problem. Here. Oh, so they're just changing the subject now, <laughs> right? Even of though course. even though God Trump, as Milo Yiannopoulos calls him, Daddy, right, has cooled the earth and lowered that's the right. seas. So you know, it's funny. The climate, by the way, I want cl- you cl- saying that on the Sunday show. Yeah, all <laughs> right, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> but cl- climate change reminds me of the, um, you know, the notion that it can be every- everything, right? Yeah. So it reminds me of the Saturday Night Live skit, you know, the old one, <laughs> where with Jane Curtin and um, uh, Dan, whatever, Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, yeah, I think, and they they have this um, this com- one of those fake commercials, and and it's uh, it's a floor clop- a floor cleaner, 
and it ends up uh, spilling on the dessert or something like that. Well, and it's a dessert topping and a floor yeah, cleaner. Yeah, it's a dessert topping and yeah. a floor cleaner. You know, isn't this great? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, okay, it's cool. It's everything, you know. We, well, you know, bad weather is uh, both uh, warm or cold is, is climate change. So anyway, it's extremes on both ends. So that's what they're explaining. Anyway, this is all, that, that part is all for fun, but the reality is great things have been happening. He's been effective. You can't deny, like, like the policies or not, you cannot deny that he's been very effective in achieving what he set out to do. And, not, and, and by the way, forgetting altogether with one of the very first achievements, with, which is Neil Gorsuch, appointing a fantastic conservative Supreme Court nominee um, and having to fight for it and, and doing it well. And, if, and he's also nominated fantastic conservative justices throughout the judicial system. Uh, it's a fact that's not as well known, but um, really things are, are going yeah, well. Yeah, change is coming to the federal bench where it desperately needs desperately to happen. Desperately needs it. Desperately. Anyway, so uh, what do I miss? I, those are things that I can think of uh, right off the top of my head. Well, he's cooled the earth and lowered the seas. Yeah, okay, we, we talked about one. that. Uh, 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 addendum to North Korea is it appears that North Korea is now making overtures to the South to participate in the Olympics and actually have peace talks because their government is being strangled by the lack of uh, uh, submiss- submissive behavior yes. from the Americans. That's right. We, Very interesting. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not being supine. A, a overarching fact is this: when America isn't great, see, America is always going to be a wealthy nation because of the greatness of our people and our system that is so great and so strong. Not even Democrats can wreck it huh. as hard as they try, right? Right. But what happens is when America does not act in the uh, image of its own grace, uh, greatness. Countries around the world suffer, right? and it causes the need for mass migration to America where you can earn a living and get a bite of food, right? right? Okay. Why would any Venezuelan want to stay in Venezuela when Venezuela or North Korea or Iran go downhill and sideways like that, right? right. But when America is strong and, and, and Iranians are empowered to overthrow their dictatorship and implement a new republic, right. when North Koreans will someday have the ability to, to unify with South Korea and live the South Korean lifestyle, not the North Korean lifestyle, when uh, Venezuelans find their oil riches again and, and start living free again there, then these people can stay at home because they have freedom and prosperity at home. So it... You know, isn't it interesting how how the mass migration to the West is only necessary when the West does not act great? I agree. And and to that, look at all the countries in Europe that are looking at what America did and saying, I want that. Right. Austria has elected their own version of a conservative populist. I think Italy is going in that direction, let alone all the former Eastern Bloc countries. And they'll say, say, well, these are racists, these are extremists, and such like that. Listen, you know, anytime they, they have a conservative who is elected for um, a president or prime minister in any of the European countries, uh, they immediately declare, declare that they are, um, you know, racist nationalists and such in order to cartoonishly uh, destroy them. It, it's, it's, a, it's a real shame. They, they'll never have a real discussion at the end of the day if they keep up this, uh, this sort of attitude. Anyway, here's another thing, by the way, that I just remembered. Trump reversed the um, opening up of Cuba relations that Obama had had done uh, almost exactly a year to the day that uh, that Obama had opened up the Cuba relations and said let's uh, let's open up an embassy there let's do you know let's be all kumbaya again because you know 
<clears throat> nothing has worked in the past, and so why not embrace our dictator friends? Yeah, so because right? so, that always works, right? right. Because the yeah. Democrats moving an embassy to Israel is dangerous to Israel in an act of war. Right. But moving an embassy to Havana is a kumbaya moment of peace and right. love. Just so that we're clear. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, okay, so more. Thank Let's you to about- Donald Trump. Can I thank yes. you too? Thank you, Donald Trump. Please, please give us more. So what other things? I, I mean, um, I mean, have I missed any general areas? Well, yeah, you missed a gigantic one. The confrontation and total destruction of the mainstream media. Uh, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. It's fantastic. That's and a very good point. an addendum to that, a, <clears throat> a conservative Republican president who doesn't avoid but in sense jumps headfirst into every culture war conflict, is willing to take on celebrities head-on in the public arena, That's right, never right. backs down from them, never capitulates, and every <laughs> time he gets into a fight with anyone, his base becomes stronger and larger and yeah. says, amen. And the unconvinced, the never-Trumpers on the Republican side, they see that what he does works. So their yearning just for power and electoral success is, is stimulated in a way to be more like him. They're realizing the bend over, spread it, and take it attitude of, of capitulating to the mainstream media pressure has led to what we've talked about for years now, electoral defeat rather than electoral success. Right. I mean, you know, we're done with the, uh, the Bushes and we're done with the Romneys. We, we, no, thank you. And the McCains. Okay, you don't work. Okay, this does not work. This, this ointment does not cure this rash. <laughs> okay? That's the way we look at it. Okay? We need something far more effective. And that, that effective partner is Donald J. Trump. He's done a very good job in that department. That's the main thing that even some conservatives, some of the former never-Trumpers, now who are Trumpers, actually, uh, they, they say, well, you know, I don't know about his tweets. I don't know about his aggressive posturing and such like that. Well, you know, it kind of, it kind of makes it look a little less presidential. To which I say, I think he's being exactly the president that we need him to be. I think he's being very presidential. You need a tough guy like that. It's very interesting. When you think about a, a general in the military, a great leader, right, you need this bombastic sort of guy. Yeah, Patton, MacArthur. Patton, right. Patton yeah. says, I, I, don't, I don't give a crap about what you think, sir. You know, no, I don't know what Patton said. I think I'm quoting him correctly. Um, you know, you, you don't help your country by dying for your country. You help your country by making the other bastard die for his country, right? Yeah. That's, you know, that's the kind of, yes. that's the, the, the Trump-esque sort of thing that we, we got in, in uh, George Patton. He was a great general. Same uh, thing with MacArthur. Th- these guys were, were great generals, and we need people more, uh, more similar to generals like that. Okay? And that's, you know, because to be a president, you need to get into combat, apparently, with not only the opposition party, but with the media. And then, of course, with the rest of the world. Because the, the more we spend time uh, against the world, the more isolated we are. And, and, and I'm saying that not as a hopeful thing, just as a statement of reality. America is unique. Uh, there are very few countries like America. Uh, Israel's a country like America and Australia, perhaps. Okay? No. I'm, no. I'm giving, I'm trying to be generous here. Stop being generous. Okay, so anyway, the point is that what makes us unique, we have a, a true love of God, we have a sense of purpose. Our embrace of freedom is unique to the world. And um, while other countries are becoming democratic, that's great. You know, if you look at the general trend, we're becoming more and more democrat. the pro- um, democratic. The problem with it, however, is that 
they don't seem to understand that with democracy comes great responsibility and that our democracy, democracy really only comes as a product of our faith in God, uh, our embrace of freedom, uh, which go hand in hand. So that's a problem. Um, and, and that's why we need a leader like Donald Trump to fight more dramatically, to, to tell the rest of the world, I don't give a crap what you think. I mean, Europe and Australia and Japan, for that matter, they, they look at, at, at America and say, what, what is it with you guys, with your gods and your gun and, and your gun, not your gods, but your God and your guns and uh, this notion of, uh, you know, and your freedom? What, what is that with that? That's just so irrelevant to us, to which we respond, exactly. And have you noticed how great we are as a nation and how... Not kind of, great you how are. not great you are. Yeah. You're, you're not poor, but you're But you're just, mediocre. Yeah. You're like everyone else. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's where Trump is this wonderful John Wayne-esque, uh, George C. Patton, you know, uh, or George S. Patton throwback, where he understands the greatness of America comes from the liberty of the people. Right. You you gain po- political power in America if, if you have possessed good values to... Remove the yoke of regulations and tyranny and government off of free free people, right. so they can then flourish. That money, this tax revenue, this burgeoning stock market, this isn't coming from government. This is coming from people who've finally been freed from eight years of tyranny. Right. That's exactly what it is. And and by the way, I, I get so angry when people go, "Well, I don't like his tweets." Screw you. So what? what was so presidential about Obama? Yeah. What? Yeah. Name one thing. What was so presidential about the family Clinton? Name yeah. one thing. Was was Bill Clinton so presidential when he did things that I can't even mention on this family show? Right. What about the things Hillary did to the women who dared to come forward to talk about those unmentionable well, this things? Is too e- this is too, uh, it's too easy. It's too easy. It, well, would, would you rather, it, wait, wait, hold, hold, hold on. Would you rather have a, a man who does those tweets that, that everyone's talking about, which, by the way, are not every tweet. It's like one out of every 20 tweets. They, just, they ignore the 19 others. But he does those one out of 20 tweets that are considered uh, inflammatory, shall we say. And, Why? Because they're honest? <laughs> and, and then uh, that he makes a statement with Billy Bush in that uh, van or bus <coughs> about women. Would you ra- that's on the one hand. Or would you rather, on the other hand, have a, uh, a president who sells our country down the river, as, as Obama did with Iran, how he alienates our friends like Israel and England, um, how he uh, completely uh, flouts the whole immigration uh, pro- procedure, how he single-handedly almost destroyed our economy through Obamacare, and so many other things that he did. What he did with, with even even the small things like uh, Bergdahl, remember him? You know how he he wanted to be, make Bergdahl a hero. Yeah, somehow. or the or the 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 Guantanamo Five, he set free. Good example. Good example. Or so, or Benghazi, lying right. about it. Why didn't he just say, "Hey, I screwed up"? Or making the worst. Deal imaginable with Iran. That that it, it, it truly endangering our very existence by giving so much power and money to this monstrous nation called Iran. And we're supposed to say, oh well, you know, it, at well, least he can, was we, presidential when yeah, he did it. Yeah, that's right. That, that's the absurdity of it all. So, what would you rather have? I mean, it's, I'm saying rhetorically, it's it's obviously that you would rather have somebody who's a little gruff but who makes the right decision when it comes to actual policy. Yeah, and when I made that comparison, I picked two Democrats first, but I was going to go a third in in a moment. Uh, And with the Democrats, it's too easy. Just Clinton with North Korea, uh, Obama with Iran. These are actual national security issues that if they grew uncontained would result in some of our 
descendants at some point being nukes or having to live under the umbrella of a nuclear threat, which would mean they'd be slaves to right. those dictators. To, to, which, but, to, to which an atheist would say, by the way, so? so right. <laughs> not exactly. my problem. Uh, not your <laughs> Tell problem. Tell me something that will affect me in the, in the next 20 years. Yeah. Go ahead. Precisely. But let's compare him to Bush, okay? As if George Bush was loved by the left and wasn't called Hitler every five minutes when he was president, who was a well-behaved little boy, right. who, who tried to do things the right way, who wound up being just as bad of a president in so many ways as Clinton and Obama. Well, almost, almost worse because Clinton and Obama— Yeah, didn't have the cover of being a Republican. Right, exactly. They, you know, Clinton and Obama, well, they just did what Democrats do. And, you know, I, I hate it when Bush did things that affect, you know, any liberal would do. Um, now, he wasn't as bad as his father was, and his father wasn't as bad as Nixon was. But nevertheless, it's bad when our, our people who are limited government-oriented, who are against abortion and, and fight you know, illegal immigration and all the other things that we talk about, fight regulation, when they, they create the very problems that uh, they decry. Right. Well, he creates many of the, uh, the um, rules of engagement on the battlefield that hamstrung our troops, that Obama just continued. Yeah. made it very easy for Obama to continue it. He called uh, uh, Islam a religion of peace at a 9-11 memorial. He didn't fight the war on terror in the way it should have been done in 10 minutes, not 10 years. He didn't bomb the right countries in retaliation for it. He created the Orwellian superstate of the domestic spying networks, and then he created the Department of Homeland Security. All they had to do was profile the correct suspects on airplanes, not make all of us go through x-ray scanners. I, I, okay, so, so, so I agree so with that. The point is, Trump is a contrast to the Bush presidential as model, too, is, uh, and people else, criticize yeah. him for gruff tweeting. And how wonderful of a tool is Twitter for President Trump? He can cut. That's the reason he can circumvent the entire media, because when I want to talk to the people, I pick up my little device and I type 280 characters. Right. And, and boom. You know, and you don't have to. There. You don't ha even. I mean, they could say, well, why, why don't you just go on, on the public airways and just speak, you know, as you please? Well, because, yes, you could do that, and he does do that, but but tweeting, it's so much more effective. I thought these are the people who love disruption, right? Why should I go on the public airways okay, when so people wait, 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 cover this, my this, tweets? This means cool. <laughs> cool it. I'm simply saying that he's able to tweet now and tweet at his leisure and, and people can receive it passively. They don't have to tune in at exactly 6 o'clock, right. PST, EST, and all that stuff. So th that's it's a big, big difference. There's much more direct communication. And that's, what, that's really what's... What's pissing off the left so much is that that he's being so effective. Now, this moves on to my next point. It's about effectiveness. Um, at the end of the day, a great businessman, a great advertiser, a great marketer, um, for that matter, a great therapist, uh, they do, they're constantly striving to find the most effective way to get from point A to point B, whatever point A is and whatever point B is, Right. So, for example, if you, I'm a law firm, I, you know, I want to know, I, I want to be able to market our services as much as possible to people who uh, want uh, real estate and business litigation services. And there's a certain kind of monetary amount of dispute that's ideal for us and a certain kind of client that's ideal for us. How do I get exactly that kind of person night and day, right? How do I, how do, I do that? There are different, different ways to do it, right? Um, but what's the most effective way, right? And, and I don't know the answer to that necessarily. I try, and 
Some things are more effective than others, but, but that's, that's the, uh, the holy grail, right? You, you try to find a way and boom, suddenly you have tons of cases that are exactly in, in your, in your um, what do you call it? Wheelhouse. Uh, wheelhouse, yeah. And likewise, the same thing is true with a therapist. Uh, you want to help this uh, particular patient uh, because they're suffering from some sort of uh, phobia. How, what's the best way? to cure her phobia of, let's say, uh, being, you know, she says, afraid of flying for whatever reason, okay? How do you best get to that point in the shortest amount of time? Okay, so you do it, right? But, and, and there's a way, so you kind of work through it. And the same thing is true. What is one of the, one of the holy grails for a president? The, the holy grail is for the president to be able to communicate to all the people exactly what he thinks, not to have it filtered by the media. Trump has found his holy grail, and that is through tweets. And everyone is listening. Everyone is reading his tweets because, frankly, they just can't wait to see that nugget. And I'm talking about conservatives and liberals. Yeah, because the tweets are good. They're good. And and it, it, and then we talked about 20 tweets. For every crazy tweet, and I put that in, in air quotes, there are 19 very sensible tweets talking about um, you know, tax lack, policy, yeah, exactly. immigration policy, policy, policy. Yeah, yeah, you know, so proud of our um, appointment of uh, Judge Neil Gorsuch. He, I think he's going to make a fantastic Supreme Court uh, justice. Okay, there's nothing crazy about that, but he's talking about the appointment, right? Uh, so proud that our economy has been growing at a 3% plus rate and clip um, for this past quarter. Hasn't been done before during the Obama years, exclamation mark, right? Nothing wrong with that. But you get to get, send the message out. And, and that's what he's doing. He's a very effective. Now, <clears throat> I just read an article this morning where um, a couple, this one particular psychologist is saying how he, as a PhD, um, has evaluated Trump and determined that he's a madman. And, um, and he's sending a report to Congress and that we must force him to uh, submit to a mental stability test. Um, you know, by hook or by crook, one way or the other, uh, because if he's mentally unfit, well, then by golly, we got to get rid of him. So that's that's the th- the, the thesis of his article. To which I say, <laughs> just <laughs> I guess Ari's anticipating. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So so to which I say, um, you, you know, you got to be kidding, right? I mean, because so so let me see. Where has he acted crazy, right? Is it the tweets? Well, we talked about that. Yeah, is right? he keeping bottles of urine? Is he not clipping his toenails? Is he refusing to right. bathe? Is, he, is, is he, there he, nothing in the refrigerator? Right. You know, can is, you is, call is, Child Protective Services on him? Where, where is the real crazy? Right, is he going Howard Hughes on us? Yeah. Uh, or, or worse yet, is he going Charles Manson on us, right? Yeah. Uh, I hereby uh, seek to destroy and, and kill, uh, you know, all... The Tate family. The Tate family or whatever. All, this this organization. Did he get get tattoos? Is there a cry for help? Where's the crazy? Right. You know, is he, is he on drugs? I mean, right. whatever. So uh, th- that is not happening, right? So um, you've got to be kidding. It's just the absurdity is beyond belief. Look, you know, this article, and I read the article, It's it, they just kind of talk about how temperamental he is and how... He just, uh, sh- you know, shoots off at the mouth. He uses they, they use general adjectives and general phrases, but without any real specifics. They talk about the tweets in, you know, generally speaking, but without any real detail, reflecting that there's the madness within, right? And and I think to myself, you know what? If if Obama or any Democratic 
uh, <clears throat> you know, generic uh, president, had gone about doing exactly the same thing, using the exact same tweets, and been just as you know, for the left, full hearted for the left, yes. yeah, advancing their crazy agendas, whatever it might be, yeah, with that ram kind running of effectiveness, it, yeah, and ramming it down the conservative throats. Uh, they would say, "Wow, this this is the kind of, you know." Forcible hands up both legs. Right. It's, this this is the kind of forcible, you know, strong hand that we need, and this is how we get things done. Yes. Right. I mean, uh, you know, this is. But by the way, this is exactly why they love Mussolini. They they declared Trump to be a Mussolini, even a Hitler. Right. But they loved Mussolini for exactly that reason because he he was so effective and he was so bombastic and crazy. Yes, but he job, he got the job done. Yeah, the problem the, for them, the problem for yeah. them, that the the job getting done is not the job that they want getting done. Right, it's the exact stuff that <clears throat> Hugo Chavez did, and it's the same style of Mugabe and, and Castro and Che Guevara. Yeah. It's the same bombast. Right, right. It's just from the other side. So, and it's so interesting how what's well. And in fairness, is, it's not Trump is not as bad no, as Castro. No, but I'm making the guys. point that well, it's old as new again because in the 1950s, when communism and the left was completely discredited from a policy position, remember we're in the ashes of of <laughs> World War II. We know what Stalin was now. We're now in a Cold War, the Red Scare. Conservatism has been put, and, and the boom of the 1950s. The only thing liberals have is, well, conservatives must be mentally ill. Right. Right. That's it, yeah. And the that's other right. thing that's so maddening about that and why I laugh so hard is because has anyone looked at Hillary Clinton's mental state? What about Bill Clinton? The rages, the screaming, the violence, the the. All the people who commit suicide with bullets in the back of their head. <laughs> I mean, you're telling me those people aren't not. Have you seen Anthony Weiner? Have you seen Pelosi talk? Yeah. I could get any competent therapist straight out of uh, psych school 101 to diagnose Pelosi and be accurate. Right. And, well, it's also irresponsible uh, what, they, what this guy said because he – you can't make a diagnosis without actually talking to a guy. Or meeting the person right. sitting in a room with them. I mean it's, it's just – it's craziness. I mean it's, it's hard enough as it is as a lawyer. I mean I, I need to prove my case, right? But I need to put witnesses on and to actually talk to the alleged you know, guy who defrauded my client, for example. I can't just <laughs> declare that it was, it was fraudulent. You know, I think there's some evidence suggesting it, but I've got to prove it at the end of the day. And to do that, you need the, the body that, that you're, you're fighting. Anyway, it's, it's madness. And, but this is so emblematic I, uh, of the way the left thinks. Just yesterday, I was speaking to a very nice lady who's, who's on the left. She's, uh, she's a mom in, um, in our lacrosse team uh, thing, and she, she's a very nice lady. And I told her that I was conservative, and she seemed so surprised because, you know, after all, I'm a nice guy, right? And I seem so smart. How could it be? I did not fit her image of what a conservative person must be like. You weren't walking down the street grabbing women by their genitals and beating them up and stealing their <clears throat> uh, birth control pills? Well, that's one way to look at us, right? <laughs> Another way to look at us, and not necessarily, you know, in, in, in conjunction with the other, but... Uh, is to just imagine, you know, with, with only one tooth, you know, <laughs> playing a banjo with a straw hat and, and torn... Saying N-word every three words. Right, right. Yeah. And torn, you know, torn dungarees and and with my, you know, 20 wives and whatever. And, and a gun, of course, on my side, loaded or not. I don't know. <laughs> so, and, and, a, and some Bible to thump somewhere too, right? So, <laughs> when, when we's going hunting, <laughs> right? I mean, this is the image that they have of us. Right? So, and this is, this is the point. 
So when a conservative is effective, they decide, well, that the only way a conservative can be doing this is if one of these crazies that we just described is doing it, right? So there must be a crazy person doing it. He, he is a, a yokel. He's a crazy guy. We got to watch him. He's got a twitch in his eye, right? Because that's the image they have of us. And unless we're acting like Democrats, well, then we're not sensible. Can I tell you how it's so interesting about what you just said? Because it brings everything full circle from your opening statement. Remember how making America great again is a problem because they either think, well, America needs to be great because it, what, it stopped being great. Or what I said, well, they think America was never great or will never be great. Think about what it must be like being a Democrat. You live in a country where one half or a little bit more, depending on electoral college, of 320 some odd million people are dangerous lunatics who are going to do behaviors that are in line with one of the two stereotypes of conservatism that you and I laid out. Right. And you're walking around in this country? Right. My, Amanda, think about the <coughs> insane mindset you must have, the fear that at any time a conservative might right, leap out behind a tree and blow you in front away. of you, thump <laughs> you with the Bible, grab your genitals, and steal your breath control pills. Oh, and, and also and, uh, shoot your brains out. Why <laughs> right. not? At the, all at the same time. And call you the N-word. You know, call right? you the N-word. Right. Why not? Right. I mean, it's all those things. Even if, you, even if you're not black, uh, it's just it's crazy. So, uh, But, yeah, and it's funny because... So they, how can well, those people see a world that we're, where America is great based on that? Of course, of course not. Bias. But, but it's the same sort of logic that they have with the uh, one out of five women are, are going to be raped uh, in college <laughs> campus, or sexually yeah. assaulted, I think is an actual phrase. You know, why would you as a parent want to send your daughter to such a horrific uh, enterprise and, and environment, right? So it's even worse in the way you described it. One out of approximately every two people is is, is about to. Thank God you lived in West Los Angeles, where you know it's only one out of five people, or one out of six people, you know, where you're relatively some, safe, right? right? But if well, but you go to Montana, I, I bet I bet they go to Montana, like and and they keep the the windows rolled up like a safari, right? <laughs> like because one of these just might jump out at you. And eat you alive if you're not careful. Yeah, and so. you, you know what's so brilliant about you just said about California? Well, one out of five. I, I wasn't thinking about that. It's like, you're right. It, based on the electoral results of voters in California, right. it is about one out of three, one out of four, one out of every five people is conservative, right? Right. And I was saying to myself, oh, my God. To them, that's incredibly high. Right. Even here, let alone where you go to Alabama, it's nine out of ten. Right. My, my God, one out of five people might grab your genitals and steal your birth control pills and hit Terrifying you with a Bible. That. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, How could this country be great? Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure as, you know, here comes a conservative, you know, the ones start clutching to their purse, you know, they, they kind of, you know, put their arms over their breasts, you know, to make sure, you know, to, to make themselves less appealing, whatever. I, it's just the funniest thing to, we're, we're in every way, we're evil, right? Yes. We're, we're uh, sexual predators. We are um, uh, greedy, of course. We're racist. Um, we're, and we're violent, right? I mean, I, I imagine many other things, too. And dirty, unwashed, filthy, oh, yeah, course, bad right. oral yeah. hygiene. Right, know. exactly right. And have too many kids and, and uh, yeah, want to brainwash everyone. Yeah. Breeders. We drive big <clears throat> cars. Right. We spill and, oil everywhere. <laughs> and we're intolerant in every other way. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so how terrifying it must be for them. Now, look, you may say, come on, Barack, you know, we know that that's not the way it is. Well, you know what? 
It, it is. It is. I, I'm telling you, as a conservative in West Los Angeles, I know how you think. All right? This is the image that, that so many of you liberals have. And, and I know that better than you do, my liberal friend who is listening. Okay? I know it because I'm on the receiving end. In a sense, I feel like, like when an African-American tells you, hey, look, you don't know what it's like being a black person behind the wheel of a car and you get pulled over by a cop. You know, you can talk all you want about it being fair and everything else, but until you're living in my, literally in my own skin, you don't know Jack, Mr. Lurie. So, and, and look, you know, they have an argument to that. Oh, yeah, okay? they do. They do. Yeah. So driving while black and all the, the cute phrases, I get that, you know, there's a way to deal with that. But look, they're right to say, I don't know what it's like to be black. I know what it's like to be Jewish. Okay. And, I, and I've, I've suffered through anti-Semitism. My response is different than a lot of, uh, of, of blacks who feel like they're victims. Uh, and there are a lot of blacks, by the way, who don't feel like they're victims. They, they think it's the greatest country in the world. They're called conservatives. But guess what? I get to walk around knowing what it's like to be a conservative. You liberals have no idea what it's like to walk around in your community yeah. as a conservative. In a segregated community right. as a conservative. Yeah, because when yes. you liberals you know, pal around in your own echo chamber, right? When you go, go around that, you perceive yourselves to be so tolerant and so loving and so caring and so accepting of, of everyone. But, but the reality is you're really, really different, okay? When you actually deal with, with uh, conflict and somebody who disagrees with you, you guys become monsters. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.